This is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County, welcoming you to the November 2021 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture, our monthly interview show, the second Monday of each month on WPKN 89.5 FM, bringing you news and information about the arts and culture across coastal Fairfield County. For the last 12 years, November is the time to celebrate the arts in Bridgeport with the Bridgeport Art Trail. This year, from this coming Thursday, November 11th, through Sunday, November 14th, the 13th Bridgeport Art Trail is about to spill upon us. Four days of parties, artists, studio tours, exhibition, music and poetry, all quite spectacularly several and quite spectacularly several cultural organizations and venues are opening new spaces. So all in all, it's a wonderful time to celebrate Bridgeport moving forward with the Bridgeport Art Trail 2021. With us today is the impresario, the master <laughs> of ceremonies, the force behind it all, Suzanne Kachmar. Executive Director of City Lights Gallery and creator of The Art Trail. Also appearing with us today are Jane Davila, Executive Director of the brand new Metro Art Studios, opening on Friday. Steve D. Costanza, General Manager of this radio station, WPKN, which will be celebrating moving into new studio space above the Bijou Theater. Maesa Tisdale, Executive Director of the Mary and Eliza Freeman Center for History and Community, opening a new office and exhibition space in downtown Bridgeport. Chris Dam and Dustin Malstrom, owners of Ursa Gallery in Bridgeport's Arcade, celebrating their first anniversary. And last but certainly and absolutely not least, and the engine behind much of Bridgeport's moving forward, is real estate developer Phil Kuchmer, owner of the Bijou Theater and many other cultural properties in downtown. Welcome to you all and thanks for being here. So I want to start of course with you, Suzanne. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. So number 13, congratulations. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is Thank you, thank this you, is lucky number. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the biggest one yet in, in scope, is, is that right? I would say so, because we have another new building added on. We have more new um, galleries added on, and uh, we added projection art. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, very exciting. So I wondered if to get us started, you could cast back to how and why the art trail originally got started. Uh, 2008, was that? Well, whatever that math is, one of those years, <laughs> yes. Right. Um, but we, it, <laughs> I'm not good. I'm running out of fingers and toes. Um, <laughs> we had a one-page Bridgeport Art Trail plan, and there was four spaces. It was the Black Rock. It was a gallery in Black Rock. There was City Lights. There was Reeds. Oh, and there was one more spot. I can't remember it. One, uh -huh. one other place, and that was it. And we made it, and we called it the uh, Bridgeport Artful Gift Trail or something like that. Because, ah, you know, it's okay. quite, it was yeah. when the um, kind of 
the you know supporting local and and supporting small businesses kind of trend started and uh -huh. then after that you know it started to grow and we see that a lot of places now do these pop-ups and all that for artful gifts and we also um oh american fabrics was the other place we also american fabrics you know they've been doing this two years before us so uh -huh. denise schmidt um started this kind of concept and she had such a great following and uh, it was a great, you know, there was, I don't know how many artists in that building, you know, maybe two dozen. So we basically, you know, became involved with their weekend. Oh, and see. then as uh -huh. then it picked up momentum after uh -huh. that. Um, so last year, of course, last year was a big challenge with uh, pre-vaccination COVID. Um, most everything um, had to happen online. Um, I wondered if, uh, again, looking back just to last year, what you learned from that? What what were you perhaps proudest of, given the challenges? Well, you know, any organization that's still in existence, nonprofit or business, we should all be proud of ourselves because it was quite a struggle uh, to go through that. But um, we realized how important online and video was and, um, Adding those um, videos, we have an archive. We have quite a robust archive of artists talking about their work, being interviewed, or just you know speaking about it, which is a great way for people. If you want to know what's happening on the art trail, you can go to the Bridgeport Art Trail website and you can see a tab for interviews. There's probably 35 interviews that you can listen to. Fabulous. Uh, before, yeah. So that was. That was great, but you know, we realized that the arts were really um, bringing support. Oops, we're missing you out again, um, Suzanne. Release or respite. To my back? Yes. I'm so sorry. We usually have pretty good, I'm in the gallery, we usually have pretty good um, reception here. I am so sorry. And I got to do this for 15 minutes. I hope I don't <laughs> fall out again. Um, <laughs> I'll see well, I was I going to do. ask you uh, now what's particularly new this year. Um, that you mentioned uh, several new buildings, several new spaces. Yeah, right. Oh, gosh. Well, just downtown alone, we have Lionheart uh, Gallery, Twiglip Studio. WPKN is our neighbor. They moved down. Uh, Neighborhood Studios of Fairfield County moved downtown. Um, we have the Firm Gallery, it's done one year. Um, the NBA Lab is another really cool place that opened during, you know, started during COVID. This is gonna be the first time they're gonna be open to the public with a meet and greet on Saturday, the 13th at 3.30. I think it's really something that people should go see. It's where art and entrepreneurship blend and um you know young creatives have been given the opportunity to create designs for merchandise and use the national basketball association logo on their stuff which is really a huh. great way to launch your brand that's and great billy billy kid is the mentor there who's quite a success story in his own right um then time magazine covers he's been his art's been picked up by the new york times one of the really cool things they have there is um, Billy Kidd was given an entire floor of a basketball court from some championship game, which I don't remember which one. But anyway, they're four by eight pieces. And he has um, well-known 
what we call graffiti artists or street artists that painted them and they're on view in his space. And I would consider this space kind of like a launch pad or a sprouting uh-huh. space or something. That's great. Uh, so it's like a showroom. But it's good. Is- I, people should go meet him. He's really right. something else. And where is that, Suzanne? Um, that's on Main Street, on the corner of Main and Golden Hill. I don't remember the exact yeah. number. Okay. All right. right. I know the spot. The Freeman Center, too. Great. Um, yeah. Well, one of the things um, I noticed is the, you're going to be project, projecting. Yes. Uh, light um, and pictures onto buildings. Can you tell us something about where that idea came from? Sure. Uh, well, you know, we started to have these very early conversations, but frankly, I've been trying to push this idea for years, is to incorporate more light into um, the art trail or something with light. You know, we're called City Lights, so of course we want to do light <laughs> of course. art. Of course. Work, but... You know, in Baltimore, they have White City Festival. In Prague, they have the Signal Light Festival. So, you know, we thought that light would be a fun way to brighten up the night and bring, um, you know, get people not to encourage to walk around the downtown. And so we're going to have projection in two places. Um, One will be at Cannon and Broad near the arcade and the Reed's Art Space. And that will entail... um, Music videos. You know, a lot of our musicians, our local musicians, they've done awesome music videos. And the music's great, but the visuals are awesome, too. Uh-huh. So we're going to pr- uh, present those as well as like a slideshow of Bridgeport Art Trail art. And it was put together by the amazing Fuzz San Giovanni from Caravan Thieves and Deep Banana Blackout. He's a great um video editor and audio editor as well as the composer and he's so great to work with so those are going to be projected and i want to thank av davy sound and audio visuals for helping us figure it out and dustin d'amelio too he's going to be our, our our technician but then after the party at um the arcade we want people to go over to Berlinetta brewing and we're going to project more light it'll be more abstract and more ambient um music but it'll be on that big building 1126 main street and that building goes across an entire city block so we're going to be projecting with two two projectors onto that building um and there's a big grass area there but berlinette is across the street we've never done it before so it's going to be experimental but we want to learn we have given the other one a try we tried the videos and um it, it works okay so we have some oh. ambient light issues, but it'll work. So that's opening night, the Berlinetta Brewery. Yes. That's opening night, part of yes. the party scene. Um, would yes. you say that um, still it's the November open? 11. Is it? Would you say it's still the open artist studios that are, that are at the heart of the art trail? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, there's, yeah. And there's nothing like going into a studio to see where the art is made. You really contextualize um, the um, the work. You know, you kind of figure out maybe a little bit of the mission or the um, where the ideas are coming from. You know, you, you just connect with people. You smell the linseed. I'm back. I hope I'm back. Yes. So sorry. Okay. I don't know what's going on with us. We paid our bill. <laughs> um. Could anyway. you just rehearse the, the studios that will be open, the buildings where sure. um, people so the, can go? 
Well, first of all, we have to say we're gonna. I know Jane's gonna talk about it, but we have Metro Art Studio, which is gonna have their ribbon cutting on Friday, but they'll be open on Saturday and Sunday. The Nest Arts Factory will be open as well. We have American Fabrics. We have the Reeds Art Space and um, their gallery space down uh, and 305 Knowlton Street, which is called the Knowlton now. So those would be right. the main. So do you have a do you have a number? How many artist studios? Oh, there's, are five, there? there's five now. And you know what's yeah. really cool? Um, the Nest this year has hosted about, I want to say maybe 30 artists who don't have studio space, like public, a space in a public place. They have maybe their studio in their home or whatever. Right. So the Nest is actually uh, has about 30 guests this year. So uh, that'll be fun too. And how you many know, artists? How many artists altogether would you say? About 200 artists. I didn't get yes. to a head count yet this year. We know there's 15. It's getting quite robust. That's great. If you're just joining us, this is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County and our November 2021 edition of Spotlight yeah. on Arts and Culture, our monthly interview show on WPKN 89.5 FM. Today, our subject is Bridgeport Moving Forward, Bridgeport Art Trail 2021. Our guests are Suzanne Kachmar, Executive Director of City Lights Gallery and of the Bridgeport Art Trail, Jane Davila, Executive Director of Metro Art Studios, Steve DeCostanza, General Manager of WPKN, Maisa Tisdale, Executive Director of the Mary and Eliza Freeman Center for History and Community, Chris Dam and Dustin Malstrom, owners of Ursa Gallery in Bridgeport's Arcade, and real estate developer, Phil Kuchmer. What I think is most remarkable about this year's art trail is the number of buildings or venue openings taking place this weekend. Um, I want to invite Jane Davila in now. One of these openings is the grand ribbon cutting of Metro Art Studios, just off Park Avenue on Railroad Avenue. Jane is executive director of this brand new space. Jane, can you tell us about Metro? What is it? Uh, how long has it taken to uh, get to the state <laughs> that you're in now? And uh, what's happening this weekend? Jane? Well, we seem to have lost Jane at the moment. So, um, you know, I'll just say, David, I was over to the Metro Art Studio. The, the building is exquisite. Yeah. And our hats have to be off to Jane for what she did, because we know her perseverance and her vision as was the, and the iron will was what made this really happen. I mean, she is a great leader and we are grateful to her for what she's done for, for that. I, my connection is back. Hello, Jane. Hi. <laughs> so um, tell us about Metro, what it is and um, what's happening this weekend. Thank you. So Metro is a three-story uh, corset factory from uh, 19, about 1900, and we're home to about, um, uh, I would say, over three dozen artists and uh, three stories of studios and a, um, a commercial gallery as well. Um, and we are going to have our grand opening. We are really pleased to be able to time this with the art trail. And we're having the grand opening on Friday, uh, November 12th from 4 to 6 p.m. Okay. Um, we're also going to have our, our inaugural show in the gallery. 
tell us about the show. Uh, the show is curated by Chris Perry, who is a well-known book artist in Connecticut. I believe he lives up in Ridgefield. And we invited him to curate a show of book art. And so he's put together a show just for us. And it includes um, over two dozen artists from all over New England. And uh, almost, I, I would say over 60 pieces are going to be in the show. And if you've never seen book art, it's really fascinating because a lot of the artists either start with found books like existing books or they create books specifically for um, their piece of work, their, their artwork. And then they turn it into usually something very sculptural. There's a lot of very three-dimensional work in the exhibit. And um, I think people are just going to be really, really surprised at, at the, um, the difference that you can see from what, what you would think about as a book into what uh, these artists have managed to take book and really push the expression of. Right. Um, back, but back to the building itself. Now, how long has it taken you to uh, bring this uh, three-story former corset factory into the 21st century? Uh, it's actually been years. <laughs> uh, so it's, you know, and, and there's been a lot going on. I mean, we had COVID and slowdowns with, uh, with workers and, and all sorts of things that were out of everybody's control. Um, but it has, it has literally been years. And we finally got our certificate of occupancy at the beginning of October. We're so excited to finally be in the building and unpacking and starting to use our studios and we have so many really amazing artists here uh, in so many different mediums. And I believe we're the only, um, the only building, art building in the city that is purely fine artists, uh, professional fine artists. Uh -huh. and you so have we, don't, we don't have any cre creative businesses. We're all, all fine artists. Yeah. And how many studios are there in the building? Uh, there are 36 studios. We have two available at the moment. Oh, really? So we're, we're nearly full. Okay. Um, we, can we advertise that? Two studios still available? That is... Um, absolutely. Absolutely. That's quite something. And so all they have to do is go to our website, which is metroartstudios.com. Terrific. Um, what other facilities are there? So you have uh, 30, 38 studios altogether of varying sizes? Correct. And yeah, what, other, what other facilities do you have? Uh, we have a, a commercial gallery on the ground floor, a very large commercial gallery. Um, and we are planning our 2022 season right now. Um, we are expecting to have um, a combination of invitational exhibits and juried exhibits. And our exhibits will be on a now. I didn't quite catch that last sentence, Jane. Um, we lost connection. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. So our, our exhibits will be a combination. I'm sorry. Our exhibits will be a combination of Invitational exhibits and juried exhibits, national juried exhibits. Fantastic. Terrific. And you have a store that will be opening? We have a gift shop that will be opening in the spring. Uh -huh. Absolutely. And we use that as a like a retail incubator for the artists in the building. Um, and it will be open during events and by appointment and when the gallery is open. That's great. Okay. Um, 
let's uh, turn to Steve Di Costanzo. Um, another epochal event <laughs> is the move of WPKN 89.5 Community Radio into the heart of downtown in renovated space above the Bijou Theater. Uh, Steve Di Costanzo is general manager of the station. Steve, tell us more about the opening. There's also a ribbon cutting, is that right? Yes, it's, it's all very exciting. I'm uh, Right now, uh, I'm still in the original uh, offices and studios of WPKN at UB. It's a little bit topsy-turvy. We've got boxes, but uh, <laughs> everything's kind of upside down. But the, the new space, we're essentially, we're finished with it. Uh, after, I guess, about 14 months of planning wow. and, and construction. So um, we're going to officially be opening the, the new space at, uh, in, in Bijou Square at, at uh, 277 Fairfield Avenue. Uh, we're going to be opening that on uh, Tuesday, November 16th. And the idea is we're going to have a, uh, a press conference uh, at uh, 1030. We were inviting lots of dignitaries and politicians and also uh, sending out a lot of uh, uh, invitations to different executive directors uh, of some of the nonprofits that we're aligned with and also many of the cultural organizations uh, so that people can have a first peek, you know, first look uh, at the PKN studio. So it's, it's all very exciting. We're going to have a ribbon cutting. It's going to take place actually at the Bijou Theater uh, because it's, uh, it's a little bit more um, probably more comfortable in terms of the amount of people we're going to have. Uh -huh. And uh, then we'll have some small tours upstairs. Uh, so we're basically essentially in that same building as the Bijou. We're just up on the second floor and a little bit, uh, a little bit off to the side. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a it looks fantastic. We're just, we're so excited. It's uh, kind of an industrial mid-century feel to it. Concrete floors, a lot of, all the ductwork is uh, still exposed. It's quirky. Uh, it retains the characteristics of of nonprofit uh, community radio WPKN, but it's just um, it's the the opportunities of being downtown in Bridgeport uh, are already felt. There is just palpable the difference of being uh, after sixty years of being you know at the University of Bridgeport, almost sixty years. Uh, there's something about being downtown where. Uh, when we were at UB, there was always a little bit of branding, uh, uh, you know, branding issues about, you know, is it student, is it a student run uh, station? You know, where is it located? Where, where can we find it? People would go to 244 uh, University Avenue and, you know, it's not, there's no WPK in there. So uh, it's a breath of fresh air. We're looking to really stepping up our game in terms of community engagement. We have a, a community room, which is uh, basically like a, a large uh, living room. I mean, it really is a very comfortable place to, uh, to have meetings, to have uh, small events, to have breakfast, to have you know, some uh, small uh, musical events in the evening. And everybody is invited. So, I mean, it's we're right on the main drag and we're looking forward to opening our doors and actually having a very comfortable uh, place to, um, 
you know, I wouldn't, I would, I guess, say the word entertain. Why not? I mean, entertain everybody that would like right. to be part of this community radio station. So just to start with, WPKN is now going to be a place, a physical place, as opposed to a number on the dial. People will actually be able to show up. Yes, that, that's probably a good way of, of putting it. And of course, you know, David, um, you've been doing the show for a long time at PK. Now there's a certain charm about a place that's almost 60 years old and has stickers all over the walls and every square inch was taken up by CDs or vinyl. But there was almost like zero creature comforts. <laughs> we, we barely had any place to sit down and it's different now. And, and we're looking forward to, you know, being in Bijou Square where, uh, and, you know, congratulations to the Neighborhood Studios moving there and all the other cultural organizations, City Lights, it's great. We're just right down the block from them. We're right down the block from Reed's Art Space. And uh, it's just, it's, it, it's palpable. It's something is changing, you know, something is happening right there. So um, your ribbon cutting is um, actually after the art trail. It's the following Tuesday. It is. I mean, we're going to be involved with the art trail. We're going to be at the American Fabrics building again, Saturday and Sunday. We oh. like to play some music and sell some vinyl. And oh, we're also going to be uh, opening up our studios selectively on the kind of the same hours that a couple of the different gallery spaces up on our second floor. We have, uh, I, I was, I think was pointed out, we've got a couple of, uh, of new gallery spaces right there. So it's kind of fun to have neighbors like that. Uh, but yes, we're, we're, it's after the art trails, the 16th. And then of course we have uh, this, this big gala that's, that we're excited about. Yes. Tell us about that. Well, you know, so it's a, an event that we're doing at the Bijou. Uh, we have not ever really done a formal type of gala. And so I've been saying that it really is kind of a once in a lifetime event because first of all, we're moving. So that that in and of itself is, is remarkable. But we have this performance by a Guggenheim fellow, Jin Hee Kim, who is uh, a very well respected uh, around the world for uh, her specialty in Korean uh, in a Korean instrument that is uh, it's quite remarkable in its own right. It's about seven, eight feet long and it's played uh, wow. in a traditional manner, but she's actually built the only uh, Komungo, which is electric. And it's an electric and it, it can, has, she plays it with foot pedals and she's having a, a performance piece with, a, it's really multi multimedia. Uh, it is, um, it could, it could be, it could be opening in Brooklyn. It could be, it could be opening in New York city, but she chose to have it here at the Bijou theater in Bridgeport because this is where she lives. And, and, and of course husband, we have to say, um, another reason is that as the New Yorker has said, WPKN is the greatest radio station in the world. So, well, well I'm glad you, you added that. <laughs> <laughs> We've also added that same phrase that was in the New Yorker to um, t-shirts, coffee mugs, and tote bags. So, uh, but yeah, that was, that was pretty amazing. And we're still walking around somewhat stupefied that yeah. uh, the, the first sentence uh, in that New Yorker article uh, right. had, had that kind of uh, lead, you know? Well, congratulations. We can't wait to see the new space and um, um, we'll come visit you in uh, the American Fabrics building to Yes. Your vinyls uh, sale and hear some music. Um, 
and it's great that PKN is such an important part of the of the yeah we, we we really can't wait and, and I just personally I want to say a, a, you know big thanks or congratulations as well to to Jane with the opening of the Metro Art Studios uh, anyone that's doing new construction uh, you know I can I can feel I can feel your pain and your joy and of course also. Um, you know, congratulations to Suzanne Kachmar because uh, the, the vision that she's had to pull off year after year, it just gets uh, the Bridgeport Art Trail gets bigger and better and more significant. That's so congratulations to Suzanne and, and the other people on the call yeah. as well. Thank Ursula. you so much, Steve. Thank yeah. you. Um, yet another opening uh, is that of downtown exhibition space for the Mary and Eliza Freeman Center for History and Community. Uh, Maisa Tisdale is executive director of the Freeman Center. Thanks for joining us, Maisa. Thanks for having me, David. Uh, first, well, please tell everybody about the Freeman Houses and the Freeman Center um, and what's been happening over the last two years or so. All right, so the Mary and Eliza Freeman Center for History and Community owns the Mary and Eliza Freeman Houses in Bridgeport South End, and they're on the National Register of Historic Places for Significance to African-Americans and Women. Um, so this community of Little Liberia, these two houses are the last standing structures that are on their original foundations that date back um, to, to that era. So as we restore the houses, and they are coming along, um, we've had right. to go over the last couple of years, we had to do a lot of designing, planning. We shared those plans with the city of Bridgeport. They're pleased with them. We have over $1.6 million available to us. And we're looking forward actually to doing the hazmat work. We still have good enough weather to do that starting now, starting as soon as the bids go out and we, we get a great one back. So the actual restoration is beginning um, now. That's very exciting. Um, right. Over the years, we've done a lot of shoring them up. It wasn't yeah. as visible from the la from the outside, but we did. Um, we shored them up. We made sure that they were um, temporarily stable. We did research. We did designs. And so that period has um, come to an end. It was all really, um, it was all started when we, when the site was put on the National Trust Most Endangered Historic places list right. back in 2018, which um, is very competitive process. Not only do you need, have to need help, but you have to demonstrate that your story, your historical chapter is critical to the nation's her um, heritage and of significance in that way. So when we received um, that designation, it made it easier for us to raise money and the people in Bridgeport also stepped up in a, a, in a big way as well. That's so um, things are moving forward. Now you have a working space from which to direct operations. We've got- um, and also to stage exhibitions. Tell right, us about got, this new space. I'm so excited, I keep cutting you off. We have a wonderful space. So a couple of years back, we moved um, downtown Bridgeport um, opened an office of our own at 25 Elm Street, which is in the um, HSW building that Spinnaker restored so beautifully. And the office is just a wonderful place. 
we have meetings here, we have events here, but it wasn't large enough to do the public programs that we wanted to do. Now we're at 1135 Main Street as well, at the corner of Elm and Main. Many people are familiar with this space. And this will be our gallery and program space for five years. And we're really excited about that. So that will, it gives us a chance to do the programming um, that we've always wanted to do without, you know, moving to places all around town. So what our ambition is, our goal is with this um, space is to bring history and art together. So yes, we're a historical organization, we're a historical preservation and cultural organization, but our idea is that we learn the history to create community. So we take the lessons and unknown chapters of the past, especially the African-American and Native American past, and use those as a point of discussion for the issues that impact us today. We want to do this in the context of art, all right? So what we found with our exhibit, which is also part of the art trail down at Housatonic, um, reimagining Little Liberia, Restoration and Reunion, when you don't have photos of a historical period, or for example, there aren't a lot of images that come to mind for people of African-American people who were free in the antebellum North. Well, ask the artists, right. ask the artists to make the story their own in their heart and to express it through their medium. That, so, that's so what we're gonna my, do in our space. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, will, this, will the space be open during the trail or is the exhibit at Housatonic? The space will be open during the trail, as will the exhibit at Housatonic. Oh, terrific. Um, so we're really excited about this because we are having um, the opportunity to partner with um, Fairfield University Art Museum. So they have an exhibit there by Richard Robert Gerhardt called Mike Check, and he's looking at the photography um, of photo he's looking at um, photography from the Black Lives Matter movement in New York City. We have a very gifted local photographer named Kefren Gray, and he's been documenting the participation of Bridgeporters in Black Lives, Lives Matter as well. So to, um, 2014, 2016, and 2020 painting of the street um, during Juneteenth, um, where Bridgeporters, again, have presented themselves as a community um, to become a part of history. Now, what's so excited about this exhibit is that the community gets to finish it for us, all right? Okay. Yeah, we're really excited about that. So we have Catherine Gray's photography, right? And this is photography of uh, pictures of Bridgeport people. So we're going to ask Bridgeporters, right, to... Um, to, to tell their stories. What was it that made you participate? What, what dream was it that you have for the future? What areas, did, what things did you want to fix that you consider wrong? Or what things that you cherish that you wanted to pr protect? So this, um, um, nice that this will be at Elm and Maine? Elm and Maine, 1135 Maine. Great. So we're asking folks, 
Um, if you participate it, we'll have, you'll have the opportunity to be interviewed, many of you. We're asking you if you still have your picket signs or things that you have to bring those along. That's great. Well, Maisa, thank you very much, and we'll definitely be there. Thank if you. Just, if you're just joining us, this is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County and our November 2021 edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture, a monthly interview show on WPKN 89.5 FM. Today, our subject is Bridgeport Moving Forward, Bridgeport Art Trail 2021. Our guests are Suzanne Kachmar, Executive Director of City Lights Gallery and of the Bridgeport Art Trail. Jane Davila, Executive Director of the new Metro Art Studios. Steve DiCostanzo, General Manager of WPKN. Maisa Tisdale, Executive Director of the Mary and Eliza Freeman Center for History and Community. Chris Dam and Dustin Malstrom, owners of Ursa Gallery in Bridgeport's Arcade, and real estate developer, Phil Kuchmer. Um, Suzanne, uh, hoping that your connection is good, I want to um, <laughs> get back to you just very briefly. We're already beginning to run out of time. But um, there are several new galleries opening in addition to the open studios in artist buildings. There are several gallery shows, including some new galleries. Can you give us a quick sense of um, new gallery spaces and interesting shows that people can yes. see, of course, one at your own space? So, yes. Yeah, we're, I have to say, we're very excited about our exhibit at City Lights, too, called It's Complicated. Um, I just have felt that during this COVID time and our polarization that was caused by politics and the um, racial um, tension that we've had, you know, that uh, was started most recently by the killing of George Floyd and then all of that happened with our um, political presidential election, that we were too polarized and we're at the edges of issues instead of getting in the mess, the complicated mess and having the complicated conversations right so all the artwork able to sit with and find the beauty but the other exhibits we also have Lionheart um, gallery is putting together an exhibit um, Twig Lips is another studio that's open but a very interesting one which I know Dustin and Chris are going to talk about is an echo art um, exhibit um, about um, called the it's coral reef principle and um it's about kind of healing and creating an organism that becomes sustainable and um most of the art or all the art Suzanne we're having trouble hearing you is used okay um so let's look out for, for gallery shows. And now I'd like to bring in Chris uh, Dam and Dustin Malstrom here. They are co-owners of the Ursa Gallery, which is on the second floor of the Bridgeport Arcade. Um, now Ursa made a big splash last year in the arcade. Um, even though you guys opened during the pandemic, which was very brave. Um, so this year you're celebrating your first, uh, your one year anniversary uh, with this new show. Um, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about the gallery, why you set it up here, what was in your mind, and uh, also that name, Ursa. Tell us how you came up with the name. 
So, so Ursa is uh, a name that, um, that I guess it's, it's kind of this universal name. It also is, you know, Ursa major, Ursa minor. Right. You know, I, I was born, born in Alaska and, you know, the flag is Ursa major. So it was kind of a, an idea that, you know, it's just kind of sort of became this universal concept of trying to like gather, gathering of stars, uh, uh -huh. constellations that, 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 that just kind of turned me on. So I think that was kind of the, one of the principles behind the name. Yeah. And so what was behind your setting up this gallery? Is this something that you had been planning for a while? Well, Dustin and I really started, um, uh, we, I, I, you know, I started the lease before COVID hit, a 10-year lease um, before um, COVID hit. Um, and, uh, you know, we just tried to roll with the punches as COVID came along. And um, we opened up our last show in November. And uh, it was about COVID. And it was about actually people interacting with COVID and their, and their thoughts about it. So, um, so it was really, and th that was during a very hard time uh, where, where, where everybody was really confused. So, um, yeah, what we try to do is put on shows that are contemporary, but in the real meaning of the word contemporary, which is shows that are actually about things that are happening at the moment. So, um, so, and, um, you know, and Dustin and I kind of known each other for 30 years. Um, I, I personally have been in the gallery world since 19, 98 I started a gallery in Brooklyn and uh, and I just kind of it's just been a passion of mine yes actually I'd love to bring up I love I don't know whether it's your tagline or not um, but from Brooklyn to Bridgeport and on your website if I can quote you say the same spirit that New York embodied back then in the late 1990s can be found today in Bridgeport it's a city with untapped potential an emerging art community, beautiful urban architecture, and a downtown composed primarily of independent businesses. And it's the spirit of immeasurable possibilities that we join forces to realize Ursa. I think that's a wonderful statement. I wondered if you could uh, tell us more about that and what you see as the untapped potential of Bridgeport. Dustin, are you there? Yep, I'm still here. <laughs> okay, so do you want to answer that a little bit? Um, sure. So I'm, I'm glad. Uh, thank you, David, for um, capturing that. I mean, that's that's a really important statement uh, for us as a business. Um, and, you know, it's something that uh, we, we do kind of really try to put front and center. Um, you know, Chris and I both got our start in, in the city. And, um, you know, over the last 20 plus years, uh, we've just seen New York become... Of course, it's still a special place, but everything just becomes a little bit more the same. And you have fewer and fewer independent businesses and things aren't quite as raw. And, you know, I think that, again, that's that's part of what inspires us so much about Bridgeport. Um, and, you know, that's both part of the challenge, but also part of the inspiration. So, you know, we see so much good that art can do for for urban areas. And, um, you know, since Chris and I have lived many other places throughout our lives, you know, we're, we're kind of bringing a lot of those relationships and a lot of those experiences to Bridgeport through art. So the show that we have opening next is, is a global show. Um, you know, 
our last two shows were combination. We had some New York artists, we had some local artists, uh, but this is this next show will really kind of uh, embody a much wider reach, which I think is going to be really, you know, really important, and impactful. It's yeah. fantastic, and you've got a wonderful space in the arcade. You, uh, I think, it's probably the largest space. You've got two, two spaces, in fact, on the oh, second well, floor. We have, we actually have three, and so in total, okay. we have almost three thousand square feet. Oh. Yeah. So if, yeah, everyone, if you haven't been to the Ursa Gallery on the second floor of the uh, arcade, then please make a beeline there during, during the art trail and, and beyond. Um, but on that topic of um, the potential of Bridgeport, I want to bring in um, Phil Kutchmer um, with the City Lights Space, the Arcade, the Reeds Art Space Building, the Bijou Theatre, WPKN. We have quite a cultural center or cultural district now in Bijou Square. Phil, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how this has all come about. Um, you've been pretty central in the uh, evolution of this, uh, what we can, I think, call a cultural center. How much of this was a vision that you were working out or how much was it the sense of opportunities that you've been able to put to good use? Well, you know, it's a combination of all those things, but also, uh, David, thank you very much for including me in this conversation. But, you know, there have been so many people along the way. Um, the longest term friend that I have on this call is Suzanne, who I met very early. But um, I'm not going to bore everybody with a whole lot of detail, but you know, my real involvement, uh, my life was always affected by arts because my dad was a professional singer and musician before he went into the service during the Second World War. So growing up, um, um, we were surrounded by music, and uh, I learned to play instruments and sing and things like things those of that nature. But I really, um, I loved the physical things and sports a lot more, and I really focused on a lot of that. And um, in the very late 60s and 68 and 69, I used to be downtown almost every day because I was training in martial arts, and it led me to a um, opportunity where I became nationally ranked, and I went to Indiana in 1971. I was ranked in the top 10 in the country, and I was offered an opportunity to go to Hollywood and become a stuntman, and I had to make a decision because the year before that, I had just started my construction business, and I said to myself that the future for me was going to be stay here, do the construction, but get involved in buildings that can, that can be buildings that can take on a, a lasting image to people. And, and uh, the first building I actually purchased in the downtown was uh, 1975. And it, it just got knocked down uh, this past year oh, no. for that large open space that's between Main Street and Middle Street. Uh -huh. um, but the city had taken that from us uh, a little over 20 years ago for what was supposed to be a courthouse project that never evolved. So, um, but... I was lucky enough to meet Suzanne when there was a second building uh, that was in our Bijou Square neighborhood right <laughs> that we have right now before I had any other properties there. And it was a building that um, I purchased that used to house a cafe that was run by Dan McCara, an artist that, that was called City Lights. And at that time, I was a board member of the Bridgeport Arts Council, along with Suzanne and a number of other people. And we used to have some meetings there in the building. Uh, unfortunately, when the when the 
parking garage needed to be built there. The city and the developer of the parking garage more or less had to convince me that that building had to be knocked down, so I had to part with it. Uh, so there, that became, you know, that became the first one that got knocked down. But uh, um, we, through the years, have um, purchased 16 different properties downtown, um, 11 of which are, or there used to be 12, but 11 of which are in this little neighborhood that we like to call Bijou Square. But when... Um, before I had any properties on Fairfield Avenue that were worthy of being a gallery space, uh, we rented a space from City Lights on Elm Street, which is where we started City Lights. And uh, after a couple of years of it being a not-for-profit, I mean, of it being a for-profit gallery, uh, Suzanne, uh, largely Suzanne, but also uh, with Steve Gerber, uh, who had both been involved with me at the gallery decided that it could be a not-for-profit and you know the the name city lights was basically borrowed from from dan's place that that was on fairfield avenue and you know fortunately suzanne and steve have made it a long-time success and and it shows what preservation uh perseverance and and preservation combined can help to do to make things work but i uh I'm very, you know, I'm very happy to say that in the Bijou Square neighborhood where we have accumulated a number of things, a number of businesses related to the creative uh people that 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 run those businesses and the and the people that are interested in coming to be entertained or coming to enjoy some of what they see, um uh, we've we've been also very fortunate to include lots and lots of local people. Um the uh, things like uh, in one of the buildings that I had originally purchased on Cannon Street, Suzanne did a a collage uh, that I'm not even sure if it's still in the lobby of 49 Cannon Street, Suzanne. But but uh, um, that building uh, was you know Suzanne was a a a big um, enthusiast of some of. Of combining some of the various buildings downtown into a into a uh, collage that that uh, came out very well, and we have a couple of other murals on the interiors of our of other buildings, bars, all done uh, by local people. That's and great. I I know that we want to spread our wings a bit and bring in other people from the outside because we also want to attract people from outside our downtown and our city. We have to also include some of them in some of the things that we do. And I think it's going to be a great mixture for everybody to be able to put together. But the um, the arts and entertainment certainly um, are vital to the to the economy in in downtown Bridgeport and therefore in the city, and I think that all the wonderful things that are happening are are really things that are the result of a lot of people doing a lot of hard work and not making a lot of money. And I can tell you that if I had ever, I, I know David that um, you like to de- to de- to describe me as a developer, but frankly. Um, if I ever put money ahead of any of the projects we've done, uh, probably no, none of them would have ever happened. <laughs> you know, you have to really be able to see something that you get more satisfaction from than um, the just trying to see what kind of a profit can be turned. But it's sure. it's um it's a it's a really great great um, um, 
accomplishment to 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 be able to see the kind of things that our city is finally polishing itself up to become and i think that the uh the activities are going to be well appreciated that's great phil so very briefly do you you do see this as a particular moment um that i'm certainly seeing where a number of things really are coming together especially in downtown bridgeport Absolutely, David. You know, in the past uh, year and a half, uh, through this horrible um, situation with COVID, when many people were um, weren't wondering about what's going to be next, of the nine new businesses we attracted to downtown, seven are related to the art and entertainment industry. That's great. You know, we we and and that is really um, that is really a byproduct of the fact that we have interesting spaces. We have spaces that are affordable to people, and, and that's what Bridgeport should be looking at as some of its opportunities. Well, thank you, Phil. Thank you for all that you've done, and thanks for being with us today. Um, in the one minute we have left, I want to go back to Suzanne. We should, we should end where we began. Uh-huh. Suzanne, um, I don't know whether you have any what they call metrics of success at the end of the day. How will you measure how successful your 13th Bridgeport Art Trail uh, will be? Well, first of all, I want to say one metric is the level of collaboration. Um, We have so many more um, uh, venues involved, and we also have organizations who are more actively involved this year, I feel, than in some of the years in the past. And so Uh that is really great. I really feel a stronger sense of collaboration for this. And um, that is personally gratifying, but I also think it's good uh, for the whole event and for Bridgeport and for the arts and culture in general. But um, obviously attendance, right? We're going to do head counts. We're going to see how many people show up. And that's another way of um, um, seeing, you know, what the uh, success is. And, um, you know, we'd love anybody's feedback on what we're doing. We'd love people to get to us. Our email is available on our website. And what is that website? Uh, Oh, how do people know about the Bridgeport Art Trail? Okay, bridgeport-art-trail.org. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Suzanne. All the best of luck for Bridgeport Art Trail 2021. Thank thank you for supporting us, David. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. Today, our subject was Bridgeport Moving Forward, Bridgeport Art Trail 2021. Our guests were Suzanne Kachmar, Executive Director of City Lights Gallery and of the Bridgeport Art Trail, Jane Davila, Executive Director of Metro Art Studios, Steve DiCostanzo, General Manager of WPKN, Maisa Tisdale, Executive Director of the Mary and Eliza Freeman Center for History and Community, Chris Dam and Dustin Malstrom, owners of Ursa Gallery in Bridgeport's Arcade, and Phil Kuchmer. If you missed part of the broadcast or just want to hear it again, you can hear the show on WPKN Podcasts on SoundCloud. I'm David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County. Please tune in in December for our next edition of Spotlight on Arts and Culture.